Zion Williamson taking a backseat and struggling to buy into what the Pelicans are trying to do offensively, but what exactly does that mean and how does it impact the offense and is it concerning or not? I'll break it down plus another Pelicans injury in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Tuesday, and we are going to dive deep into the offense. A kind of strange and revealing Zion Williamson quote and what the Pelicans can do to get their offense turned around, plus another Pelicans injury. We're actually going to get to some optimism in today's show. It seems bad, particularly after that rough rough loss to the Dallas Mavericks. But there's room in reasons to be kind of encouraged and excited. And we'll get to those, I promise, once we kind of get to the bottom of what's happening here and why isn't this working and is Zion upset. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down, doing a deep dive on all of the topics that you want to hear. We're going to look at the offense. I want to get into a big time trade target that I think... Starts to make a ton of sense for the Pelicans. I'll hint at it in this show. That's coming later in the week as well. If you listen to the live game recap Sunday night for Monday's show after the Mavs game, I want to apologize for the audio if you were on YouTube. On the podcast side of things, everything was fine. There was a hiccup apparently with the audio, which we didn't realize in the moment when we were streaming the show live. A little disjointed, a little bit different, but it was kind of fun to do. And we'll go back to doing those where it's just me and not me and a co-host so they can be more Pelican-centric at the time. But we had Nick Angstad of Locked On Mavs here in town hanging out with me over the weekend. So it was fun to do that, get their perspective perspective on everything as well. But we're going back to the Pelicans here. And I want to start off with Zion Williamson and a quote that he gave to Will Guillory after the Mavericks loss. And the quote is, last year we had a team meeting and we brought up some things that I can do better, especially with buying into the program. Right now it's tough. I'm taking a little bit of a backseat right now. I'm trusting the process. I'm trying my best to buy in right now. End quote. What's that mean? So is he saying he's struggling to buy in? He's not quite buying in. There's a couple of ways you can view this, but here's what I think. And here's my read on the situation from also talking to people around the team even after last night's game, the other night's game. He's struggling, I think, right now to see how what they're doing on offense will work. We look at this team, right? Do you feel good about what they're doing on offense yourself? I don't. No one should be at this point in time. They have the 27th out of 30th ranked offense. It looks very disjointed. The starters are losing their minutes. So the way he's looking at this is, is what they're doing, what they've been working on through training camp, preseason, the beginning part of this season, going to lead to good results? 
He's saying, I'm not touching the ball. I'm letting others try and get theirs. This is supposed to work. That's what we've sold everybody on, but it's not. And that's disheartening, I think. And you could kind of see the frustration in him during all of this. He even dropped in the in a trust the process line, right? Which right now in this case is, is not great. You know, I say process over results often on this show, but right now you can tell he's not sure about the process. You, when you say process over results, it means you believe in what you're doing, that it's going to lead to good results eventually. I don't know if he believes that, you know, what he's saying is he's basically, you know, he's saying he's trusting that it'll work out, that the coaches say, do this. So Zion will be a good soldier and do this follow orders, and it should lead to good results. But right now, it's not leading to good results. It's not paying off. Him saying that he's trusting the process while maybe concerning and saying he's struggling to buy in, the fact that he's still doing what he's asked, that he's not openly complaining or do other things, I think actually shows a little bit more of a buy-in than maybe you realize from him and maybe even more than he gives himself credit for. This is a guy who's clashed with the organization in the past when it comes to the medicals and things like that, right? But he's right now saying like, okay, I'm going to do what I'm told. I don't see it working. I don't know if I really believe this, but I'll take you at your word and I'll go forward with it. For right now, given that the results aren't good, the fact that he's still saying, I'll do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a back seat. It's different than what I normally do. There's a learning curve. Maybe this isn't even how I like to play. I actually find kind of encouraging to be perfectly honest with y'all. So I like hearing that, right? When you look at the starting lineup, they're a negative 16.1 in net rating. Last year, the same group of players, the same starting lineup was plus 10.1. The same players, but they're being used differently this year. It might be fair to question the process a little bit. Wonder why it's not working. Should we be doing things differently? You know, they're 10 games in. They're ninth in the Western Conference. And look, they've had a tough schedule and we'll get into that and we'll get into the reasons in the next segment about why things aren't working and what they can do. And I actually want to compare it a little bit to the Dallas Mavericks and what we saw from Luka and Kyrie on Sunday night and what you'll likely see again, to be perfectly honest, tonight. Oh, on the gaudy court too. It is a game day here for your New Orleans Pelicans as they're taking on the Dallas Mavericks in the in-season tournament too. I can't wait to see this court. I'm legitimately excited about this game. I can't wait to be there early to watch the players warm up on the purple and the neon green yellow combination of the two just stripe that goes right down the middle. Y'all know I'm a big fan of the NBA's in-season tournament here, so I'm excited to see this court in action. I don't mind the, I, I don't know if I love red courts, though I think I'm, I'm, I'm on a tangent here, but it's okay. We can talk about it. You know, that game against the Houston Rockets, which we haven't even really had time to talk about much on this show, you know, I stopped remembering that it was a red court like in the first quarter. It just kind of blends into the background and you don't think about it much anymore. So I don't think this court's going to be nearly as bad as people think. I think it'll be jarring at first and eventually you just kind of like forget about it. I do worry about some of the paint on the courts that guys seem to be slipping on those a little bit more so than you'd like. But I'm actually pretty excited about what we're going to see with the in-season tournament in the, in the court here. Back to Zion though. You know, you can see that there is some frustration. There's been more visible frustration on him this year. But he's not like going rogue, right? You're not hearing rumors yet, and they're probably going to start coming soon, of he wants out, he's unhappy, he and Brandon Ingram don't get along. No, there's nothing like that coming out. There's nothing to suggest that necessarily. 
I think they're just frustrated. They're on a five game losing streak. Started four and one, go to four and six now against a real tough schedule. And are they when when's their next win gonna come? Is it gonna end up being a ten game losing streak? And it looks like potentially it could be if you don't win any of these games on the homestand. That's not an ideal position to be in. This is where you know you started off strongly. Now you look real bad players only meeting those sorts of things we're not hearing anything like that and for the most part and this will get be something we talk about in the third segment when we talk about how you know reasons for optimism and why I think things will turn around we'll get into that but players are kind of all saying the right thing and seem to be doing the right thing the right kind of attitude I think that's big I think that's important so coming up next let's talk though about why isn't the offense working? Why isn't the process working? What are we seeing out there on the court? I want to compare it to the Dallas Mavericks, what they did the other night. Let's get into it, a little X's and O's talk, things like that, coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you I bought it because how does free Thanksgiving sound? Sounds good to me. This year, I bought it is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete because who wants the turkey without the gravy? Starting November 1st, so we're already into it, for the fourth year in a row, I bought it is giving you 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers into the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Because Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. You're going to be beating inflation by getting cash back no matter what you're purchasing. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can send to your bank account, PayPal, gift cards. You can also earn cash back on hundreds of online brands. So if you're doing early holiday shopping and you're an NBA fan, you can use Ibotta with the NBA store, Fanatics, Dick's Sporting Goods, Nike.com, which I use because... Got got a bunch of shoes here. So get your cash back. Use Ibotta like on the Pelicans jersey here. Download the Ibotta app. Use code LOCKED to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play. Download the free Ibotta app like on the Pelicans jersey and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in Google Play or the App Store and use code LOCKED. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. The good, the bad, the crossover episode, which was still fun to do with Nick Angstad. He's not going to be in town for this game tonight anymore. We ate well in New Orleans and that was pretty great. Um, We have... Guests coming. Will Guillory will be back on next week. Hopeful to have a guest maybe on one of the shows this week still. We're going to get into a big time trade target that I think could be realistic for the Pelicans and could kind of really change the direction of the franchise. Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube if you can guess who that is. I will say it's big is maybe the best way to put it. And if you want to support the channel, become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday. If you're an everyday or let me know in the comments down below on YouTube as well. And if you want to really support the channel, join the Locked On Pelicans Insiders group. I've been texting with everybody the past couple of days, much more active on there. I've been excited to interact with y'all more. It's $4.99 a month. If you don't like it, you get a 14-day free trial. Give it a shot. Just cancel. Show's still going to be free in five days a week for y'all. So let's get more into the Pelicans and like they're bad offense. There's no real other way to kind of describe it. Why isn't this working? And when I plan out my shows, you know, I usually write my little cold open in the beginning, then I do segment one and what the main topic is. Segment two, main topic, segment three, main topic. And sometimes there's not really many notes. It'll be like, talk about why Zion Williamson's good or why they're struggling in this area. And you watch so much of it, I can kind of just go and riff on all that. And I have the stats and everything that I need. I have like 800 
words worth of notes for this show. You can probably see it's maybe a little more coherent than normal. So why isn't this working? There's a lot of reasons for this. There's just a lack of cohesion on offense that this group hasn't played together a ton this season. They're trying to do some different things and they're not necessarily all on the same page. That's why you're seeing less rim pressure from guys, why they're not attacking as much, more mid-range shots, just kind of falling back to what the defense is giving them rather than trying to kind of dictate the game. And I'm going to use that phrase a bunch coming up here in a second. You know, you have... Brandon Ingram kind of playing poorly, shooting under 25% from three, not on the attempts that they want him to do. Zion's not playing particularly well either. You know, there's a lack of spacing with the offense, the, the starters where, you know, Jonas Valanciunas isn't a three-point shooter, even though he made three threes or two threes the other night. Zion and B.I. aren't shooters either. So where does the three-point shooting to space the court come from? That's been, you know, a problem. You have a lot of isolation ball from Brandon Ingram. Pro Pels Talk shared that video of 17 dribbles and he just takes a contested mid-ranger. That's not the type of offense that you want either where there's a lack of passing and other things. All of that is leading to just... A mess. They're also hurt. We'll get into the Larry Nance Jr. injury update in the next segment too. You know, you don't have Herb Jones who can help you at least get you some steals, get you in transition to get out and run and play a little bit faster. They're struggling with defensive rebounding, which means they can't get in transition either because teams are getting an offense board, getting second chance points. Now you have to inbound the ball and that team is back and set. So you're running into just like, like a perfect storm of stuff and it's not great but Trey Murphy coming back healthy will help Jose Alvarado giving you stronger backup point guard minutes is going to help because they're running without a backup point guard right now you know they stopped playing Kyra Lewis Jr. in the regular rotation which was the right move but you finally get Najee Marshall back who hit a couple of threes the other night look good gives you that energy and just heart and fight that at times they're lacking you know hopefully with more game reps this team gets together all of these things just aren't there right now We'll talk more about that in the third segment. Compared to, compared to what Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving did against the Pelicans on Sunday night, right? At times, it was a really simplistic game plan for the Dallas Mavericks. The Pelicans, for the first half, were trapping Luka Doncic. They, the Mavericks would run a pick and roll. Luka and one of their big men, Derek Lively, the second, junior, whatever he is, or, or another big, Dwight Powell, something like that. And the Pelicans would then try and trap Luca, basically double team him, send two. That meant the roll man is just free to get to the rim. Now, normally if you trap a guy, maybe they can't pass, maybe it forces a turnover, right? Go back to what they did to Damian Lillard a couple of years ago in the playoffs, where that worked tremendously, where he was turning the ball over, he couldn't shoot, he had no space, and it let the Pelicans sweep that series. With Luca, though, he is so talented and good that he can make every pass, every pass. So all of a sudden, he just hits the roll, man. They're going down to the basket and either scored at the rim or when the Pelicans rotated over to try and take the roll man away, right? Someone comes from the corner or the low man steps up to go take that. It leaves someone else behind. And all the Dallas Mavericks have to do at that point is make an extra pass. And in the first half, it was a guy cutting baseline would just get the ball and then put it in and score very easily. In the second half, it dictated everything. I said I was going to come back to that word right? They were killing the Pelicans in the paint on those little short rolls, things like that with Luca's passing, with Kyrie's passing too, when he wasn't just getting downhill and driving and attacking. And so the Pelicans started to really focus on taking away the rim, taking away the paint. And in the second half, particularly that third quarter, how wide open were the three-point shooters for the Mavs? Insanely wide open. They went eight of 13 from three in that quarter alone. Reason was 
the Pelicans were leaving those shooters open to go take away what Dallas had been doing in the beginning. So they adjusted their game plan and the Mavs took full advantage of that. That's not going to work. You know, if you think about that game, Dallas dictated everything about it. Everything about it played to their strengths, did put the Pelicans on skates, doing, making them just do what they wanted to do. The Pelicans aren't playing that way right now. You know, are they running pick and rolls for Zion and Brandon Ingram together? No. Are they running tons of pick and rolls for those guys anyway? No. Now, is that on the players? Is that on the coaches? It's a mix of both here. But the Pelicans aren't doing to any, anything to basically dictate the flow of the game. And it was in stark contrast to Dallas doing that the other night. And it's why Dallas really ran away with it. Their offense looked easy. They were making shots. Don't get me wrong. But those shots were wide open for a very specific reason. And so New Orleans needs to start doing more of that, saying, hey, we have some really talented offensive players here. We need to use them better and put them in position to succeed. There should not be possessions where Zion Williamson is just standing in the corner, doesn't touch the ball, isn't involved in anything. Dictate how the game is going to go. And why these players aren't doing that is a little bit frustrating. Part of that is their games. You know, Brandon Ingram wants to play isolation ball and shoot mid-range jumpers, and he's good at that. Don't get me wrong. But is that the most efficient way to do it? The answer is no. And so they need to kind of break these players out of some of these bad habits that they have, I think, at times to be able to try and go and do exactly what they need to be doing, right? Uh, and so when you look at it, that's part of it. You know, the starters are also just playing poorly. Like Zion hasn't been as good as he normally is. He's struggling to finish at the rim, right? Zion has the lowest field goal percentage of his career by far. He's still clearly trying to get his legs under him after more or less not playing basketball for 10 months. You know, it's why it was frustrating that he didn't play on the second night of a back-to-back -back against the Pistons. He needs to be getting these game reps and things like that. He also seems to be a little bit more frustrated that he's not getting some of the foul calls and he's not getting back on defense to help and he needs to be doing that, right? Brandon Ingram, on the flip side, not playing well either. He's shooting horrifically from deep. His shot profile is not good. Too many mid-rangers. His three-point shot, you know, isn't being respected and he needs to work on that. The three-point shot for all of the starters isn't being respected. And it's leading to bad spacing issues, which plays into a factor of why B.I. has to take these mid-rangers, why Zion's missing more shots at the rim. You know, defensive rebounding issues are not letting them get out into transition and run. All of these things, in a sense, are fixable and can get worked on, though. But that's why this is happening. Simplify the game a little bit, then. Just run some two-man actions and Break the defense. The talent is here, particularly when C.J. McCollum comes back with this starting unit. There's no reason it should be this bad. And that's where some of the optimism comes in, I think. Let's talk about that. Let's be happy for a minute and also talk about an injury and be unhappy again. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Helicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers... Get $150, $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Your team wins the bet on. You bet on Dallas to win this game based on the previous game, $5 bet. You win that bet and you're going to get $150 in bonus bets. If you don't believe in the Pelicans right now, I don't know, take advantage of it a little bit. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. You have the spreads, the player props, the over-unders. A buddy of mine just texted me that he doesn't like betting spreads, money lines, likes betting on the over-unders for what the players are going to do. So you're rooting for an individual player on your 
your team to succeed, which usually leads to team success, makes the games more interesting. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and tip off the NBA season, kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and the official partner of Locked On. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. We are the number one Pelicans podcast coming to you Monday through Friday, giving you the insight into the offense, trying to make sense of weird quotes, other things like that. We actually did that in the offseason, too, with Willie Green. I think they'll start to figure some things out, and we'll be talking about that throughout the season. It's still a long way to go, and the Pelicans aren't in a bad position right now. And we'll get into the optimism here in a second, as well as injury updates, too. So become an everydayer, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, tell a friend about the show, help us grow the channel even more so than it already is. There's going to be more content coming as well. I want to get back to doing short videos, other things like that. So we're going to have a lot more stuff for you on the Lockdown Pelicans YouTube page. So make sure you're subscribed there, get your friends to follow along and join the Lockdown Pelicans Insiders group. The link is in the description of the video or podcast, wherever you're getting it down below. So let's get into the, the optimism here before the Larry Nance Jr. update stuff. Look, this team's four and six. They're ninth in the West. They have played one of the toughest schedules to date so far. It's been rough. It's going to continue to be rough. So being four and six and still in the thick of everything, right, is good. They're not the Memphis Grizzlies who have just two wins this season and are looking at two and eight. And it looks like a far climb for them because some things are really, truly broken there. This Pelicans team, when you look at them, do you think they played particularly well? No, right? That was a rhetorical question I just asked you. So it means there's room to fix things. Zion even said this after the Houston game. He said, look, if this was our ceiling, then I would be upset and I would be worried. But this is not the team's ceiling at all. There's so much more talent here than what they're doing with it. So if, if they put it together, they start winning games and they start to look really good. When they're doing this shorthanded without CJ McCollum and you see the importance of him without Trey Murphy, without Herb Jones at times, Without Najee Marshall, now without Larry Nance Jr., without Jose Alvarado, I'm up to like six, seven people here. It's only going to get better, it feels like. Like, they're not going to get much worse than this, certainly. I mean, they're on a five-game losing streak. It can't get much worse than this unless it gets to 10, right? But that's just a level of play then. It's, it's one of those things where you've been down so long, it all looks up from here. It kind of feels like that right now on this five-game losing streak. So as Trey Murphy comes back in maybe a month, less than a month, that's going to be a significant improvement for the team. As Zion gets his legs under him and isn't kind of tanking the team at times, he's going to get better. The team will get better. As Brandon Ingram starts to kind of find the right flow and rhythm, and I do think they will figure that out, this team will get better. I'm glad that they're not reaching their ceiling. We're not just looking at like a bad team here. Look at the Washington Wizards, right? They're two and seven. They're at their ceiling. That team's not going to be any better than that. If you're rooting for the Washington Wizards, you, you're, you're looking for a good draft pick. That's what the focus would be on. You don't think they're going to get better and start to win games. Here with the Pelicans, we do at least feel that. Maybe you don't feel that, but there's an option for that to happen. There's a universe, right? In the multiverse here where that happens, probably a lot of them with teams like the Washington Wizards, with Charlotte, with Detroit. I don't really see that being the case. So it's a long season. The Pelicans have a chance to turn it around. Four and six when you've been this banged up and you're still figuring things out. All things considered, not that bad of a position to be in. So if you're looking for a glass half full take, and I often give that to you, I think I'm more optimistic at times than I should be. There's reasons for that. That's just kind of who I am in general. There's... 
a lot to look forward to. They can simplify the game down. If they figure out some of the defensive rebounding issues because they've been a good defensive rebounding team under Willie Green so far, they can get out and run a little bit more and get easy points, get transition buckets, and not just have two and a half like they had against the Dallas Mavericks. There's so much room to improve with this team. Whether you trust the players, the coaches, the front office to figure all of that out and reach that potential, reach that ceiling is an entirely different story, but at least that exists. It doesn't exist on every other team, and I think that's something to keep in mind. The season is often about progression and progress and a journey, and it's not just this is who you are 10 games in and that's that. For some teams, it is. For some teams, it is. I don't believe that to be the case for the Pelicans, though. So I'm optimistic. Maybe that's foolish. Maybe not. Will Guillory, last week on the show, seemed to be optimistic about it. You know, I think that's something that we want to look at with this team and see. You know, one of the things is the players all definitely seem to be saying, trust the process, process over results. They're buying into, you know, what they want to be doing. They feel there's talent here. There's optimism. There's confidence even with this group of players to go out and do what they need to do and that it'll lead to good wins. They're not mutinying. They're not having player-only meetings. They're not necessarily being like, we hate all of this. We want trades, things like that. You know, that group is still cohesive, still together. That says something. So there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about a turnaround at some point for the Pelicans this season. All right, let's not be optimistic for a second. Larry Nance Jr. suffered broken rib in the game against the Dallas Mavericks. The Pelicans announced today that Larry Nance Jr. has been diagnosed with a right rib fracture. He will be re-examined. You're going to love this in 10 to 14 days to determine his healing progress. He's, he heard it in the beginning, in the towards the end of the first half of the game on Sunday. You saw him head to the locker room a little bit after that. Did not come on the bench, did not return, did not practice yesterday. He's going to be out for... Basically, he's going to be reevaluated, right? In two weeks, which is probably like the phrase the Pelicans say the most. Not ideal. You know, this is going to mean there's going to be Cody Zeller minutes. You know, this likely means that you're going to run a lot more Zion at the five minutes. It also means Jeremiah Robinson Earl was a very good pickup on a two-way. He's going to likely get significant minutes going forward. I actually like his play too. He could easily become an integral piece for this roster. Don't expect to see EJ Liddell. They don't think he's NBA ready yet. He, you know, missed all of last season. He's in the G League. He's doing okay in the G League through two games so far, I think. Nothing amazing there. Give him some time. He's just not NBA ready yet. They're going to go with guys who have done it before, particularly if Jeremiah Robinson Earl is going to be able to hit threes like he did the other night. That could be a very, very big thing for this team. So keep an eye on that. No Larry Nance Jr. See how it affects the rebounding. Good, bad. We'll find out. So let's get ready for that court tonight, the in-season tournament in New Orleans. I'm excited for it. Can't wait to be there. I'll be tweeting out pictures and everything. And of course, we will be live, not live. I'm not going to go live after the game tomorrow night, Tuesday night, I should say. I'm going to run home because I got to do Locked on NBA too. So I won't do it live there. I'm going to get back here, plan the show out. It'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully get a win and we'll break down what happened or what the Pelicans didn't do. If they run the same thing again and there's no real adjustments, that's going to be a problem. That's where you want to see some growth. We're going to be looking for that in this game against the Dallas Mavericks tonight in the in-season tournament on that garish looking court that I'm excited about in, I believe, the City Edition jerseys too. I think that combination might look really cool. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'm going to be back with y'all tomorrow to recap the game.